it gave me permission. I guess we're looking for permission, a lot of us are, to do what we love to do. Mm-hmm. And so when it, what happened with me was it gave me permission to make time in my life to do the artwork that I love to do. Well, hello there. I am Cindy Coaches, and I am the host of Pen to Paper Press podcast. Best-selling authors, writers, editors, and publishers join me in my virtual studio for conversations about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore insights, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences we've had on our journey from putting that pen to paper and accomplishing our goals. Enjoy today's episode. Today, I am sitting with Nancy Fairbrother. She's a retired soul-centered psychotherapist with a background in metaphysics and spiritual development. She wrote, Who are you? What are you doing here? Where are you going? To help people create a life they were born to live. Nancy, it is an honor to have you in my virtual studio. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Cindy. You're welcome. And I have to say, I love the title of your book. What inspired you to write it? I, it's it, my whole journey through life prompted me to write it. I, my own, my own experience actually, because a long time ago, I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. And I've always, and I was actually, I was already counseling people. And I was, uh, I was a soul-centered counselor, but I hadn't had my psychology training yet. And I wanted specific information. And so I had been exploring different occult sciences like numerology and palmistry and astrology. And I found this type of numerology called Chaldean numerology, which I think, uh, based on how long it's been on this planet for thousands of years, is the original. And so I tested it on myself, and I went, oh my gosh, there's my life purpose right there. And so I said, well, I have to test it on other people. So I picked 20 people at random. Some people I knew, some people I didn't know so well. And I did their numbers. We got together in my in a session. I did their numbers by the, the Chaldean method and by the more popular Pythagorean method. They all said the Chaldean method fits me. It fits me to a T. And I'm so happy to have this information because now I feel more sure of myself and what I'm doing with my life. And that was the way that I, I responded to it. And so I wanted to write a book and make it available to as many people as, it, as, it, as we're attracted to it, because it's a different kind of book because it has numerology in it and also has psychology. I put them both together. And so psychology is really great in certain areas and 
and spirituality or occult science or whatever you want to call it is great in other areas and so putting them together in my counseling practice really showed me how you know we could cut through a lot of unnecessary processes by using not only talk therapy, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. but also uh, past life recall, not regression, but recall. Sometimes a, something would come up and I would have a, an impression to ask my client, are you open to past lives? Because I'm getting an impression that this might be one. And so we would go ahead and explore that if that's what they wanted to do. And so I had several ways to approach a person's healing and that they could, that they could really relate to. And so I put the two together. So I was thinking about my practice and that's what happened in my practice. People were able, I don't use drugs. <laughs> I never used drugs in my practice. <laughs> we got there without drugs. But the thing of it is that they they would reach a level of like peace and understanding at the same time. It was kind of like an aha moment. And it really, it really brought understanding almost, you know, like instantly into an issue. The other thing that I, uh, that I did in my practice was to teach people um, how to counsel themselves in certain ways. And, um, and so, you know, between sessions, if they needed it. So it, it's a revolutionary, to me, I, I've never heard about this before. I mean, I've never heard somebody there's a lot of practitioners out there that that practice more spiritual processes, which are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then there's psychology, which is also wonderful. But I've never seen anybody combine the two. And so that's what I did. And so my clients, <clears throat> excuse me, were able to heal faster, not that we were in a hurry, but heal faster and also take some of those processes that we did in session and use them on their own whenever you know they needed some understanding kind of a thing. So, so that's why I wrote my book because I'm thinking, you know, I can't reach everybody and this isn't for everybody. But if I wrote a book and enough people knew about it, people could actually help themselves. Now, it's about numerology. I mean, part of this book is how to do your numbers the Chaldean way. And so, believe it or not, that's a spiritual process. Mm -hmm. Occult science has a bad reputation, as you know. And so part of my 
reason for writing this book was to introduce people to the practicality of occult science. And when I did my numbers the Chaldean way, it was like I was, I, I came home. Interesting. There were so many questions answered in that process. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to write a book and, and people can use it. The other thing that's in the book that, uh, that isn't very well known is a process of eliminating fear. And you'll see that at the end of the book. It's in the end of the book. And you can eliminate fear, like say that you're afraid to fly, you take airplane anywhere. You can use this process. It takes about less than a minute and you don't have that fear anymore. And I learned this in uh, my training as a transformational breath facilitator, it, I, but I modified it slightly so that uh, it, 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 it's not about breathing, uh, but it's, it's part of another process that I learned. And so <clears throat> I wanted to share, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to share that with people because you can use it yourself. So uh, I guess you could say, I guess you could say the book is a self-help book. <laughs> I mean, on a, you know, like you're going through your day and uh, something happens that, that you ordinarily, you would panic about. You can do this little process and you're not going to get panicky about that anymore. Sounds more like a reference book to use throughout the day versus a self-help book because it's something you can refer back to time and time again where a self-help book is something you read, you may set it down for a while. And in this case, it's something that you're going to continue to pick up and refer back to. Right. And the thing about the, the other thing about the, uh, uh, the Chaldean numerology uh, revealing one's life purpose is I thought of mothers and, and fathers, they could do their children's numbers and they would know how to guide the child from the time they were little, just, you know, kind. And also it's, it's, how to understand their child because all kids are not alike. You know, you know that everybody knows that. And so sometimes kids need special help. Yes. And if you know their this this process reveals your your gifts, your talents, and your challenges. And the thing, of course, being a psychotherapist, I'm really zoned in on the challenges, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We were in, it, that's another thing about my practice. We were able to zero in on their challenges. And, and they, they understood there's nothing wrong with me. Um, it's part of my life purpose to have these lessons. These are lessons. There's nothing wrong with me. And as I thought, you know, when I saw my challenge, I said, I can't believe I chose this, you know, because that's my, 
that's my orientation. We chose our life purpose. We chose a purpose where we would live in it, an enriching and fulfilling life, right? Right. We have challenges there. And so I'm looking at my challenge. I'm thinking, I, I guess I did ch uh, choose these because they fit my issues to a T. Then it dawned on me. If I chose them, I can resolve them. Oh, interesting. So that empowered me. Yes, that's interesting. That's a nice way to approach it. That if I chose this, I can I can fix it or or not so much fix it, but find the solution and make the adjustments and do that turnabout. So right, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. It's there for your education. And how about your strengths and your challenges? You know, a lot of people, um, they they go through life doing what they think they should do, you know, especially the not so maybe not so much the younger generations, but the older generations, you know, you were brought up. Uh, when you grow up, you get a job, you make money, you have to support yourself and all this kind of stuff, which we do, we have to do that. Yes. But many of us are, are working at careers or jobs that we don't want and we don't like. And so what this process taught me was I can find ways to support myself, support my, my, my son, and that will please me because now I know my, what I really love to do and I can figure a way how to put it into my work life kind of thing. Um, so it helps people to have more fulfilling work. Yes. Yeah. And um, it also helps people understand themselves because everybody isn't alike. We know that, but we don't know exactly why or how. But if you look at your numbers and you do somebody else's numbers, like maybe your husband or your wife or your friend or whatever, or your kids, you go, oh my gosh, no wonder. You know, so it's, it's basically for understanding ourselves and for understanding other people. And, and then that helps us resolve. You know, we have differences with people. It helps us understand this other person and how they see life, which is different from the way we see it. And it's all okay. So for, for authors that are writing that book and they're focused on this expansive topic, such as, you know, finding your life's purpose, what kind of encouragement would you offer to them to to keep writing and to get published? Because again, you know, life purpose 
is an expansive topic. And so I would like to be able to encourage those writers to keep going and not to get that comparison-itis. Well, if they do their numbers, <laughs> they're going to see their, they're going to see their artistic qualities and they're going to see how their, their thoughts and feelings balance out and their perception of life. I, you know, it just helps you have a laser kind of focus on who you are. Because I don't know if I think I'm not, I'm not that different from a lot of from most other people. But before I did this, I knew what I loved to do, and it wasn't very practical. I I started out as an artist, a painter, because that's what I loved, and that's what I that's what I I still love it, and so I'm back into it. But I and. I was denying that in myself, all right? And so I was able to, it gave me permission. I guess we're looking for permission, a lot of us are, to do what we love to do. Mm -hmm. And so when, what happened with me was it gave me permission to make time in my life to do the artwork that I love to do after I graduated from art school. And um, I had a couple of commercial art, you know, jobs in commercial art, which I enjoyed, but they didn't last. So um, I was able to work that around so that I had that in my life. But then I got into spiritual growth, which also showed up in my numbers, which I had no idea how to how to address that <laughs> until I got into training. I always wanted to be psychic, even when I, well, when I was a teenager, I used to have these, um, oh, what do you call them? Sessions where we would try to lift tables. You know, we'd have a, okay. we'd have a sleepover and we'd try this, the stuff. Well, it never worked, but I read books. I didn't like, I didn't like the, the, um, uh, the sensationalism. Yes. So popular. And this was way back in the day where there was practically no literature on it. And I finally found some books, uh, people mostly psychics who would counsel people. And I thought that was fascinating. Then I found um, a, a, a group called the Americana Leadership College, and they had a whole training on how to develop your psychic awareness and how to use it in practical ways. And that's what I was after. Interesting. <laughs> and so I was with them for 10 years, and I learned how to develop my psychic awareness because you know it's a very practical thing and um and I toured the country giving lectures and and workshops and things like that so 
And I also did want that psychology training. And I had to wait almost 30 years for um, my training in psychology because I wanted soul-centered psychology, but I didn't know what I wanted at the time. When I was in college in art school, I took a course in psychology and it was fine, except it's not what, it wasn't what I wanted. That's all. I didn't know what I wanted, but I finally eventually found the University of Santa Monica, which had a soul-centered approach. And I went, that's what I want. And I got my master's. And so then I was a happy camper because I was using both disciplines in my counseling practice. People want want to know who they are spiritually. And they want to know that there's nothing wrong with them. They're just, you know, they just, they just have these challenges that they chose and they can, and they can resolve them. Yes. So what was your writing process like for writing this book? I don't have an organized writing process. I try and I just, this is what I did. As I got ideas, I would write down notes. And um, and then I, I can't do chapter one, and then chapter two, then chapter three, then chapter four. Whatever comes to me, I write it down. And then in another, I just do it that way. And so different, excuse me, different aspects, I put, I put the similar things together and then maybe a different thing will come to me like, um, how am I going to approach this? You know, you, you have to, you have to have, I wanted to have um, introduction into it that people could understand why they were reading this, you know? Um, so whatever related to my thought, I would write it down. And then I literally, I would have these notes and I'd be sitting on my living room floor, cutting the, the, the notes apart mm -hmm. and the similar notes together. Have you ever done that? Oh yeah. You do it. <laughs> that's how I that's how I can do it. And then the chapters sort of emerged and the you know the flow emerged kind of. So that's how I did it. Sounds very familiar. I'm not one who can lay out a outline and then follow it. If I make an outline it definitely does not end the way I had set out for it to end. And the one book that I'm currently writing, I'm very much doing the same thing you did with this is as the notes, as the notes come to mind, I write them down, I am organizing them into uh, on paper, it's a chapter, but it's not going to be a chapter when it's completed it will be you know right. clusters of thoughts and i'm now at the point where i need to go through and back 
trace everything, start from the beginning and okay, what do I have here? And how can this be put into book form? So it's interesting because a lot, uh, several of the writers that I know and, and several of the writers that I have interviewed for this show, they are by outline and a couple of people are not. So it's, I love asking and finding out how people's process is because it's so unique to the individual. You cannot get this wrong. <laughs> and no, that's you one, yeah, that's one of the messages that I'm truly trying to share in this podcast is the fact that how you write is how you write. You cannot get it wrong other than not doing it. But as a writer, you can't stop a writer from writing. We will write one way or another, whether it's on a napkin, in yeah. our head, However, uh, we writers will write. <laughs> That's right. And some of us are organized one way and some of us are organized another way. And, and we do whatever we do and it comes out okay. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. The journey, no, we are not meant to walk the same journey. Maybe similar journeys, but each person has their unique perspective and yeah. outlook on it. And yeah, it all, the end result is a finished book and, <laughs> and getting it out there. So the question I have written out here really does follow this line of conversation. So, and again, when I'm writing out these questions for, you know, prior to the show, it's really interesting because sometimes I don't understand why I have a question worded the way it is. Being an intuitive, I just follow it. So this is this is what I wrote. And again, this is not what I would normally ask somebody. So as any author will agree, we all have our ups and downs on the journey to publishing our works of art. Will you share with us your most rewarding moment in regards to your journey as a published author? What is one thing that stood out for you? So it's really interesting that I wrote in, in this question twice. What is your journey? The journey of writing. So I'll, I'll stop talking and, and let you answer. What is the one thing that stood out? What was the rewarding element for publishing this book for you? Wow, I have to think about that. Um, um, I can't think of a, an aha or wow moment. I remember when I was, before I published it, I, I put it out to, oh, about half a dozen people to read mm -hmm. and to get their feedback. And so that was interesting to me. Um, I was, yeah, I was really thrilled though. I really was thrilled when I saw my titles on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Smashwords. It really thrilled me. Yeah. That's wonderful. It was like, it was exciting, you know? Yeah. So when you had your uh, individuals pre-read the book before it was launched, what was some of their reactions? Well, I was looking for clarity. Like, did they understand what they were reading? And also they had some suggestions too about 
uh, about um, ideas and they had questions. So that really helped me um, to, to you know, address certain things that hadn't occurred to me. So, um, so that was helpful. And then some people, you know, they had a lot to share and other people were said, oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's not you know to, it's not the answer we're looking for we truly no. want the this is what i like this is what i didn't like and what did you mean by this and oh i comprehended this we're looking for that yeah, some of those some of those comments really helped me to improve the organization of it you know yeah. this follows that kind of a thing and also to add things that hadn't occurred to me. So yeah, that was very helpful. Well, good. So where can people find you on the internet, Nancy? They can find me on Facebook <laughs> and they can find my book on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble and on Smashwords. And I will have that information in the show notes. I am honored to have you here. And again, thank you. Thank you for joining me in the virtual studio. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I really, uh, I'm, I really thank you for the opportunity. It's been very, it's been fun and it's been informative and very good. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, I have to share what happened after we got done with the official podcast recording. I left the audio recording going as we continued our conversation. Nancy and I started talking about writing communities and how they're beneficial and supportive to us, the writers. Here's the part I wanted to share with you. But they, they accepted me. Let's put it that way. They accepted me. They were doing fiction and they were doing other things and they were very helpful to me. They're, they're very good writers. So it was an interesting experience and I really enjoyed the support. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's good to have support. It is. And that's the one thing I'm trying to build. I'm going to get rid of that word trying. I am building a community of writers where we do feel that support and we can network and gain that insight because how do we learn? We learn through storytelling. Yeah. We learn through community. It, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, guess what? It takes a networking group to help an author. So, right, yeah. because yeah. if we stand alone, we stand alone. If we stand united, yeah. man, we can conquer the world with our pen in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Mark. All right. Well, it's been fun and. I'll see you, see you down the road. Perfect. See you down the electronic road. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care, Nancy. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. If this podcast resonated with you, be sure to subscribe, 
share it, and leave us a comment at pentapaperpress.com. Take care, and until next time, know that your words have power and your story matters. Bye for now.